Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I'm your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today's topic concerns the influence U.S. indebtedness might have on stock market returns. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, this word on behalf of our sponsor. MarketWatch columnist Mark Hulbert, an incisive analyst of the stock market and the economy, has a great piece on whether America's drowning in debt will sink the stock market. He cites on-point research showing that it is the growth rate of debt, not total debt, that has any claim to predictive value over next year's stock returns. Total debt had no predictive value. By that standard, investors have nothing to fear, since the sort of market swoons that historically have followed credit booms should not currently be in the offing. Private sector borrowing has been flat during the past three years, contrary to public perception, such that U.S. stocks are only in the middle of the historical range of credit expansion. Hulbert's article started a wave of discussion. For example, Seeking Alpha contributor Jeff Miller, who has long warned against letting debt scaremongers frighten investors out of the market, added his own, as always, nuanced thoughts on the question. He concurred that the market is safe for investors, but did caution against high-yield corporate debt and questioned the benefit of municipal debt versus taxable bonds. To their well-taken points, I'd like to add some of my own. As one who is often warned about the debt problem, I think it is important to note that the easiest way for a journalist to fill a blank column is to trot out the debt bogeyman and grab some statistics about how our debt is getting out of hand. It really seems to resonate with readers and listeners, and I for one think they're onto something, which I will try to explain. Before I do, I want to make clear that the research that Hulbert cites is valuable in helping people understand that that high debt, to the extent it is a problem, does not necessarily imply a market crisis. That said, I think that debt will play a leading role in the next crisis, whenever that may be, for the reasons we intuit and which I will try to articulate here. The key problem with a high level of debt, whether we're talking about the government, corporations, or private households, is the inability or unwillingness to take into account long-term consequences. I'm not talking about the responsible use of credit. For example, when we take out a loan to make long-term, generally safe investment, such as a mortgage for a home or an entrepreneur's business investments in areas in which he holds a competitive advantage. I'm instead referring to debt such as the U.S. national debt, which is expected to rise from the current $22.8 trillion to $30.2 trillion in the next four years, expanding the debt-to-GDP ratio from 120% to 134%. A level of debt this high will be felt by everyone when the game of musical chairs stops and the economy stops growing. This will be even worse for individuals. Imagine having debt greater than one year's income but losing your job, while your needs of course continue. Most people don't have the same level of debt as the U.S. government, but they do have an instinctive aversion to public debt because they understand how severe the situation would be at an individual level. The consequence of such a debt squeeze is, frankly, disgrace or theft. The feeling of disgrace comes from having to ask for help from somebody else. Theft is, of course, taking someone else's property against their will. Governments, if they're democratic institutions, don't steal, but they are legally authorized to use their coercive powers to extract resources in the form of taxation, and in some instances are inclined in the direction of military adventures that may yield economic resources. 
But whether we're talking about personal bankruptcy or the harshness of war, either way, the problem of excessive reliance on debt is that it is sweet at first, but becomes rather bitter at an unknown point in the future. In the meantime, we are ineluctably heading down this primrose path. Overall debt levels are in an entirely different league than they were 50 years ago. And the further down we go, the lesser our ability to make mid-course corrections. In short, debt corrodes our self-control and undermines our future. This process is the exact antithesis of what financial advisors are hired to do. The advisory planning process focuses on a present in which savings from current income are deployed to long-term investments, meaning that we spend less than we take in. Even while living within this restraint, we also deploy some of our earnings to fund insurance and to cope with emergencies, to manage the risk of a financial wipeout. Further, for those burdened with college loans or credit cards, we aggressively pay off debt to avoid the snowball effect of cumulative interest costs. By taking all of these steps, which are difficult, we ensure stability and solvency in our futures, enabling us to withdraw funds even when we are no longer bringing in employment income. This is what advisors do, and not a one of them sees an advantage in adopting the U.S. government financial model. And so, while we have no reason to assume high debt will lead to a stock market crash, since stock markets rise as long as the desire to make money remains an animating force, we do have reason to expect that when the market does crash, the corrosion of debt will have played a key role in weighing down those animal spirits that vitalize markets. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also, feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.